Do you have questions about living with diabetes in South Africa? You're in very good company. Turns out we all do. Welcome to South Africans with Diabetes. I'm Bridget McNulty and today we're going to be answering your questions to help you live a healthy, happy life with diabetes. This podcast is brought to you by Lily. First, a disclaimer. I am not a medical expert. Please discuss any changes you want to make to your diabetes treatment with your doctor. When we decided to do a second season of the podcast, the first thing I wanted to do was talk about the awkward stuff, the things we're all thinking about, but we haven't really brought out into the open. One of those things is diabetes stigma. Is it real? Is it worse for people with type 2 diabetes? What do we do about it and how do we make it better? When we asked our community, South Africans with diabetes, if they'd experienced diabetes stigma, the responses came rolling in. It's actually such a complex issue because it's not just one thing, not one kind of stigma, is it? We heard every flavor of stigma you can imagine. Butterbean told us about doctors being dismissive and rolling their eyes when she shares what her experience of diabetes is, and type 1s assuming you're type 2 out of choice, as if anyone would ever choose diabetes. Nikita's a parent of a child with type 1, and she was talking about how they're judged because they gave their child diabetes by not looking after her, and now she's seen as damaged goods or an unhealthy child. Nontombi was telling us how people make fun of diabetes lows that require urgent sugary food, instead of stepping up to help. Brittany was misdiagnosed with type 2 because she was overweight, so the doctor never did the proper tests. And Isabella was talking about her frustrations with the one-size-fits-all approach to diabetes, that if you don't fit into a box of specific blood sugar readings, you're doing it wrong. Oh my goodness, this stuff makes me so angry. Deep breath. I was lucky enough to meet Helga Neft earlier this year. She's a wellness and transitional coach with a special interest in supporting those with comorbidities, and I was so inspired by her story of life with type 2 diabetes. So I've invited her here today to talk about her diagnosis and how she deals with diabetes stigma. Helga, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased to be able to be here with you and have a courageous conversation about type 2 diabetes and what that yeah. not only looks like for us, but how it feels and the frustration and yeah, giving it voice, I think at the end of the day. Great. That's exactly what we need to do. I think I have this simplistic view of diabetes stigma, particularly when it comes to type two. For some reason, I think the problem is that there was this messaging put out five or 10 years ago that said type two diabetes is a lifestyle disease. And it was put out with the right intentions, right? They wanted to empower people to say, if you eat right and lose weight if you need to and look after yourself, you don't have to get type 2. But what happened instead is that it, it kind of switched and turned into a blame game. Like, look at all the type 2s who didn't exercise enough and ate the wrong kind of food. And so there's this horrible stigma attached specifically to type 2 diabetes, I think. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, I totally agree. And you know, it creates this disconnect for us. And when I say us, I mean living with type 2 diabetes versus what we're hearing constantly. Yeah. yeah. And I think in that sits the stigma. So your experience of living with type 2 is not the same as the experience that other people are projecting onto you. And that we can't control, which is what sits in the space of media. Yeah, yeah. What sits in the space of social media platforms yeah. where we told there's a formula and the formula says 
Poor lifestyle norms equals type 2 diabetes, yeah. which equals you need to be unmotivated, not disciplined, no self-control, and therefore it is all your fault. Yeah. And what drives me nuts, and I say this in any time I ever speak in the media, and they're like, tell us the difference between type 1 and type 2. And no one ever talks about the hereditary component of type 2, and there's such a strong hereditary exactly. component. So it's not that people are like, exactly. I'm just going to eat some unhealthy food and then give myself a condition. Yeah. We were actually just talking about language and diabetes and exactly. how dangerous it is that so often diabetes is the punchline of a joke. So it's like, oh, here's this delicious cake, diabetes on a plate, that kind of thing. Like, Oh, wait, oh, wait, I'm, I'm going to put myself into a diabetic coma. Yes, diabetes is waiting to happen. And then you, there's like awkward silence in the room. So I do think what you're speaking about languaging, you know, we have a lexicon of language that we use mm. as people living with diabetes. Mm. And I think, you know, particularly last year when I really started raising my voice in a more public way, mm. I realized that the language that was used was so, besides your information that needs to be accurate, but mm. the information really needs to be almost diluted in a simplistic way yeah. Yeah. so that it can be heard and understood to a much wider audience. And yeah. so there's, there's the responsibility in when we're speaking about stigma to also be very clear and very simple. I don't think it's that people want to stigmatize others. I don't maybe I'm naive or no. people are nicer than they are, but I don't think it's that anyone is going out of their way to want to make people with diabetes feel worse. I think there's just this chronic misinformation, like a deep misunderstanding yeah. of what diabetes is and how you get diabetes and how you live with diabetes and, and what's possible to do when you're living with diabetes. As you'll have noticed from the intro to this, I was asking, is diabetes stigma real? Because people don't talk about it. Every so often you'll get an isolated case or a child will be at school and they'll be bullied or something like that. But we have South Africa's largest online diabetes community and there is not a lot of talk of stigma until we open the door to it and say, have you experienced it? And then all of a sudden yes. all the stories start coming out. And so I think that's the other thing is we need to bring it out in the open more because the more we can bring it out in the open, the less power it has. So yes, yes, you exactly. are living with type 2, you've been starting to speak mm -hmm. about it more. Um, and have you experienced diabetes stigma because of your diagnosis or not so much? That's an interesting one for me. Um, I suppose the starting point would be I experienced stigma through the observations of others. Mm. I experienced my stigma through the observation of others. And what I mean by that, I decided a very long time ago, my first diagnosis, because I always felt I would be discriminated against because of those observations yeah. that I had made over years, that I'm going to try to avoid the stigma as far as possible. And the way you do that is to not disclose yeah. to anybody, to anybody. And I hid it for years. Bridget, yes. I think a lot I of people do. I was, yeah, and so a lot of my mission, my advocacy is really about say, guys, I hid it for my almost like half my adult life, well, almost like for years, mm. years. And I think if I had to be told, do a lot of radical truth telling about it, it felt like shame to me. Mm. Mm. It felt like I was 
without anybody saying it, that I was being curtailed and restricted. I had no agency. Mm. I had no mm. agency. Because this Such thing had happened to me. you. Yeah. This thing had happened, and no matter what I was doing, it's not looking what it looks like out there. Yeah. And so here was me, literally five people, because I initially was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. And so I literally went from five people knowing that was my husband at the time, the physician, <laughs> the dietitian, and I think two others. No one knew. Gosh. I would cry like a baby. And gestational diabetes so often develops into type 2 diabetes, but no one is given exactly. education during gestational diabetes to say, exactly. now you're at greater risk, but it's not your fault and there's nothing that you did yes. wrong, but here are some tips that would help exactly. you in the future. What changed your mind about wanting to talk about it? What, what flipped the switch? What had happened was I basically came to a stage where I believe now part of it was diabetes exhaustion mm. I wasn't mm. only mentally emotionally exhausted I was exhausted I was suffering burnout, burnout. yeah diabetes burnout I basically needed to exit what was really f looked like an exceptional career you know the perfect life the picket fence mm. all of that and I got drawn to you know I've always coached during my career but I, I really was drawn to this particular coaching certification mm. and so began this process where I was really asked it required of me to really really dig deep and do the internal work mm. because I do believe you know in terms of stigma particularly in terms of slaying one's own demons around it yeah. well certainly for me but then also being able to advocate and look at advocacy outside in terms of how that picture looks what yeah. the language looks like and how do we communicate how we would like to be received externally by individuals who do not have it but can support us yes so how do we move forward from this what can we do to reduce diabetes stigma you know like me i think it was about Coming out of the closet, you asked me what what was the turning point, mm. and the turning point felt like I I was hiding from my own life, mm. you know. And when I when I made the decision and the choice to see how diabetes could I could treat it in an empowering way for mm. myself, mm. where I finally reached a wholehearted acceptance, is when I said it is time. Mm. Mm. It is time for me to give voice and to share and to help and to support. And so it's about how can my voice support changing that. Yeah. And so I do think that it's those conversations that we have at home, mm. the conversation I have with my son, mm. the conversation I'm having with my friends, the conversation I'm having with my colleagues, being able to speak and frame the condition in a positive way. Yeah. And that's the lived experience of people with diabetes. And I think... That's so important because, like you say, the conversations have to start at home and then the ripple effect comes outwards because it's only through showing what life is actually like with diabetes, whether it's type 1 or type 2, that, that we can invite people into the conversation. And I think it's also sticking up for ourselves when those terrible jokes are made and whether they're made in real life or mm. made online, just helping people, not in a defensive way, but being able to show that there is more to diabetes than the punchline to a joke, I think is really important. My final question is, what makes your life sweet? Oh, so many things. 
that is sweet at the moment for me. I think just being in the moment and present with you and having this opportunity is so sweet. You know, I agree. and I th- <laughs> and the I think the other big thing for me is really my son who's now fifteen years old. And he's healthy and he's fit and he's strong and he's, he's aware. He's got mm. this emotional awareness about, you know, those around him that I think to a large part, if he understands that he, I had gestational diabetes, he understands what is required. He sees me. He's, he's seen my health journey. And I think that is, it has developed such great empathy mm. and understanding. Mm. And all I want him is to have voice to share that with others. Yeah. And so for me, that is, it's priceless. You know, my mom used to say, although there's difficulty, she used to say, it will be so much sweeter when you come out the other end. Oh, I you know, love and, that. And I think actually, now that you mention it, empathy is probably the cure for stigma, isn't it? Because stigma comes from a position of not understanding where someone else is coming from and making judgments mm-hmm. and, and unkind comments about their lives without understanding it. And if we can just be able to empathize with others, then the stigma would dissolve. This has been so fascinating. Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us, Holger, and for sharing your experience with us. Thank you for having me. It's it's not always easy, but it's so important to talk about this stuff because, yeah, the more we can bring diabetes into the open, the less stigma will be able to thrive. Thank you so much for your time. I also wanted to get a type 1 perspective that isn't me. So I asked local diabetes advocate Tapi Semenya to join us today. Tapi, thanks so much for your time. No, thank you for having me. So how long have you been living with type 1 diabetes? Can you tell us a little bit of your story? So this year will be 16 years. Um, I was diagnosed in 2006 when I was six years old. It feels like it's been a thousand years, um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's only been 16 years to be quite honest. But since you were six, that's pretty much, I mean, it's almost a lifetime, right? It's like a lifetime of memory, I suppose. No, it is. It, um, you know, I think it's, you get it at a young age and you're like, okay, um, I was never ready. My yeah. lifetime has been taken and my childhood has been taken mm. and you sort of like feel like, oh, I didn't do what other kids did. Yeah. And it's quite sad, but at the same time, I guess it ages, it, it grows you in a yeah. good way and you're just more prepared for life. Yeah. And I suppose you don't know the alternative either. That's, I always find that helpful. The road we've walked yeah. is the only road we've walked. You're a diabetes advocate. What does that mean to you? To me, diabetes advocacy is more about, it's helping people. It's, you mm. know, being the voice of diabetes. I think for me, when I started out, it was more about meeting people like me and also just yeah. kind of, you know, speaking out about diabetes. I found that not a lot of people were doing it at the time that I was diagnosed and mm. I felt very much alone. Um, so for me, diabetes advocacy is advocating for the basic needs. For me, basic needs are things like your insulin, your glucometer, yeah. your CGMs. Those are basic needs. And I think anyone who is a diabetic in South Africa and not alone just South Africa, but in Africa, mm. um, deserves to have the basics. And, you know, we need more voices to advocate for mm. the basic needs. And also so to show representation. Hey, like it's so important yes. that... Younger kids who are living with diabetes are like, oh, okay, that person looks like me. They sound like me. I understand that I'm not alone in this. And let's talk stigma for a minute. So have you experienced 
diabetes stigma? What what can you tell us about that? Okay, so for me, my whole entire life has been about stigma. Um, mm. Firstly, we all know about how when you're diagnosed with diabetes, it's always said to be the the old people um, yeah. condition, you know. Yeah. Um, secondly, it's diet. You know, um, as time went, I think when I began, when I was starting out as a diabetic, um, a lot of things were more about, can you eat that? Like, yeah. isn't this sugar? Um and then the low carb diet came into trend and mm-hmm. everybody's like, Oh, okay. So wait, why are you eating pup? Why are you eating samp? And it's like, but it's not like I can't eat it. It's yeah. just that it's very much to do with portion. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I cannot change that. It's part of my tradition. And, you know, I cannot change the minds of the people around me, like mm. my parents. It's very mm. difficult. Obviously, I can't now say, okay, can we eat salmon? It's, yeah. it's something we're not used to at home. But also, whose right is it to be saying to you, can you eat that? I mean, is there a more offensive question for people with diabetes than should you be eating that? Anytime someone asks me that, I'm like, I think of the two of us, I probably know what I should be eating a little more than you know what I should be eating. But then again, remember, we have to also... I think a lot of people get tired of educating and it's okay to get tired of educating, but we need to both on both sides, people without diabetes and people with diabetes, we need to put each other in each other's shoes. So we need that empathy to come in and to come and say, okay, yes, I can eat that. But also you as a non-diabetic need to be okay. Yes. Um, I hear you and you know, I need to learn more. I need to, you can't keep asking me the same question. I find that yeah. I, I struggled, especially with my family, because they'd be asking me at family events. It's like, can you eat this? And I'm like, I grew up with you. What do you mean? I like, know. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, I can eat this. It's like people don't want to get used to you. And they're trying to make you feel like a special person. Mm. And yet it's not about being special. It's more about I'm just a diabetic. Mm. There's nothing that's so different about me that you really have to be giving me the special treatment. Mm. Yes, at times it's nice to feel to be given special treatment, but yeah. it's not necessary because then we also, as diabetics, then we don't understand. We don't make people understand that there are things that we can do. Yeah. And I think for me, it's very important that we start putting out the message that as a diabetic, there's so many things that we can do. I always say there's nothing diabetes has stopped me from doing because there really isn't. Like it, it, it requires a lot of extra planning and it requires discipline and food choices and all of that. But there's, there's no reason it should stop you from things. So how do we minimize diabetes stigma? What do we do? Is it purely an education thing or is there something else at play? What do you think? I think it's very much an education thing. We need to, even though I always say it's very difficult to change people's minds, but we need to find new ways to educate. And although we cannot change people's minds, we need to educate like people for the next future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about people of the past, but the, the next generation. Yeah, We need to start now and yeah. start educating. I agree. And then final question, not about diabetes stigma. What makes your life sweet? <laughs> for me i feel as though you know the life beyond diabetes is what makes my life sweet mm-hmm. um I, I wrote recently i wrote about me signing with that modeling agency that mm-hmm. makes my life sweet for me i love doing things beyond diabetes going to yeah. an art gallery um you know the experiences where i don't have to feel like i am a diabetic is what makes my life sweet 
great answer. Thank you. Tapi, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us and for for sharing your story. I think it's it's so important. And, and as you said, the more voices we can get, the more representation we can get of people sharing their stories, the more we'll be able to reduce diabetes stigma. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen today and invite you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It's such a pleasure to be able to spend this time with you and I really appreciate it. I'm sure your diabetes management appreciates it too. Big thanks to Lily for sponsoring this season of South Africans with Diabetes. Lily is the leading provider of insulin in South Africa, supporting people with diabetes through high quality, affordable products. Lily unites caring with discovery to create medicines that make life better for people around the world. This podcast comes to you from Sweet Life Diabetes Community. We are South Africa's largest online diabetes community, a space to connect with other people living with diabetes, share tips, and offer advice. Our website, sweetlife.org.za, has all the diabetes info you need, all in one place. We're like the diabetes Wikipedia of South Africa. We offer expert advice that's easy to understand and written just for you. Whether you're looking for the latest news and updates on diabetes in South Africa, tips to manage your condition better, meal plans and diabetes-friendly recipes, exercise suggestions, or how to lose weight, we have an expert answer for you. We also have free e-books to download, a diabetes cookbook, diabetes guidebook, and a healthy food guide. Most importantly, we have a community of people with diabetes who understand what it's like to live with the condition every day. We're all in this together.